0: Hello and welcome to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are recording a very impromptu emergency podcast because some of the things that we may have said on... Game week on our game week five preview don't seem to be uh, you know necessarily quite as quite as true now and we've got a lot more information coming uh, after the press conferences today so uh, I'm joined as ever by Andy Case and we're going to try and unpack it all in in about ten to fifteen minutes Andy thank you for joining joining me uh, late on a Friday afternoon after after a long day in 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 the office um, but yeah lots of implications uh, for FPL managers this seems to be one of the more kind of I guess almost explosive sort of press conference days that I can remember for quite a while. Yeah, we uh, we
1: we can't always promise to sort of make a habit of this. Um you know, doing two pods a week is 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 quite a lot anyway uh, for us, but um we just felt particularly um, as there was so much injury news here um that it to our listeners um to sort of highlight some of these sort of major um pieces of information that have come out today um and, and also to kind of point out obviously that you know if you have listened to our game week five preview uh w- one of the whole segments there uh, is now perhaps um null and void and I guess that's probably where you're going to look to start here Chris
0: yeah absolutely so so I, yeah I think the the major piece uh, piece of news on, on that broke on Friday was in Pep Guardiola's press conference and the news that Kevin De Bruyne um is out we did allude to it I, I think at some point in our game week five preview in the sense that um you know we said we're gonna to have to listen to, to the press conferences we're gonna to have to listen particularly to peps um he doesn't usually give a lot away um but we also had our swimming against the tide section where we sort of questioned um the the, the mass sales of de Bruyne um based on a knock and, and we kind of just were, you know if If he was going to be okay um, and and, and fit for this weekend, we we, we were questioning those decisions. But he is now officially out, and he may be out for for a few weeks based on based on what Pep has said. Um, I guess in other City news, Jesus is also definitely out, but Aguero potentially fit again. So beyond simply um, you know, I'm sure Lowe's managers still have Kevin De Bruyne, and they're going to either be rushing to sell him or potentially have a an eleven pound asset on their bench this weekend. What do you think it, it means for for City as a whole, Andy?
1: Yeah, well, um, I think it sounds like they're they they're still obviously a few different injuries there. Um, and they're basically still a bit all over the place it could mean we'll continue to see their um their form to be a bit patchy if if they still can't quite get their first 11 back together and it's constant sort of you know moving around not through pep's tactical decisions but you know enforced changes having to be made and then looking ahead obviously to champions league for them in midweek as well that pep's going to have to have a, an eye on that um with, with a thinner squad that makes his life a lot harder um on on de bruyne in particular I just want to sort of read you exactly what 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 uh, Guardiola said so that people can kind of have the full information. He said, "Unfortunately, De Bruyne is out. I don't think it's serious, but the next games, I think he he will be out. So the key thing there is next games. Uh, um, I think he will be out. We will see. I don't know how long for. I can't answer because I don't know. Now it wouldn't be beyond Pep to be playing mind games and obviously a trap about Son." So, you know, if De Bruyne, De Bruyne could end up in on the pitch and that would be frustrating for a lot of people On if he was on the pitch, I think we can because a lot, certainly if the reaction on Twitter has been that, you know, to take this at face value and that we need to be moving kind of De Bruyne out but um, I wonder if, you know, talking about the wider implications then for the rest of, of City's players, I wonder if that, that might force his hand a bit more with someone like Aguero who you would have thought he might have wanted to sort of nurse back a little bit Um But now it might force him to have to sort of start Aguero if if he's got fewer options Um, as it is now. We could see Sterling through the middle um, if Aguero doesn't play. But then that means uh, possibly Foden or Bernardo Silva out on the left, which is one fewer player to play in the what would have been maybe the Kevin De Bruyne role um, if one of those has to move out left. So all kinds of question marks and um, not not great uh, sort of for FPL managers at at this point. with all that uncertainty, I can imagine a lot of people actually wanting to hit the wildcard button. But again, like I mentioned on the preview show, it's almost a if you can deal with the KDB problem in one transfer uh, or any of your other problems, then almost it's another reason for me to maybe just like hold on um, right now because of all that uncertainty.
0: Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. And I think, yeah, I mean, City have had their own problems this year, and they've still got you know a, a number of good attacking options. Even if Aguero does want to be nursed back, you know you've mentioned Sterling, and obviously we've spoken about Foden and Bernardo Silva as well. But Ferran Torres has started the season fairly well, and, and obviously there's Riyad Mahrez as well, who I think we mentioned on on the last pod. So um, they've got enough options, but I guess it, you know Kevin De Bruyne is, is is by far and away their most creative player, and and and, and his absence does often have some some negative impacts on, on on city as a whole but but i think for FPL managers particularly sort of you know roughly the 40 percent of people that, that still own de bruyne or at least did last time i looked um and um, they're definitely going to have a bit a bit of a headache and yeah you know reading into to, to the next games line plural um you, you do wonder if if Pep maybe just means this weekend and the champions league but it'll be fine for next and and who knows? So so yeah, we, we could end up seeing um seeing seeing De Bruyne out out for a long time, and 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 yeah, that's going to have huge implications for for, for many fantasy managers. Um, let's move on then to another team, um, another one of on the top sides in in, in Liverpool. Um, we've got a few a few notes here from from Jurgen Klopp. Namely that that Sadio Mane is back and is is likely to feature in the derby, um, but equally Allison is definitely out and the implications that that could have on Liverpool's defence. And obviously it hasn't been looking, uh, it wasn't looking particularly shaky uh, before. Sorry, it wasn't looking particularly stable before the international break. Um, but I guess Mane coming back makes possibly Salah less of a shoe in for, for for some managers. There's always like the Mane Salah debate, and, and we've had it on the pod before as well. <laughs> Yeah,
1: well, particularly as Salah had a price rise today as well. So if you were someone who did hold off on your transfers and hasn't sort of made one yet and you, 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 you're you thinking about it, then, then Mane, maybe particularly if you're looking to jump off De Bruyne, Mane might be an option there. He's a lot less owned, so it would be a good differential pick. And if he's going to play, I mean, there's no guarantees he's going to start right. I think it's, it's worth saying... Um, on, well, on Mane and on all that, because Klopp talked about other players, we're just highlighting key ones here because he also highlighted Thiago and Matip and others. If you want information uh, on those other Liverpool players, go and have a look on Twitter. On um, There's various different um, other websites. That you, you'll be able to find um, roundups of this injury news from a fantasy standpoint. Um, on other Liverpool players and other teams. But um, yeah, for for, for for Mane, we can't be sure from what Klopp said if he's going to start. But it sounds like he's, he's doing relatively well. I imagine, um, you know, if coronavirus hasn't been hadn't been affecting him too badly, then he would have been able to maybe keep up his fitness relatively well. And so he might be able to just slot straight back into the team. Uh yeah, and then obviously you mentioned Allison. I think the, the, the bigger implications with Allison is is how that could affect um uh, the attractiveness of Everton attacking assets. Um we spoke about them briefly on the on the pod before, but just to say, yeah, I think that adds the fact that we know Allison's definitely out adds credence to you as sort of making the argument maybe for a DCL captaincy even,
0: or um obviously with Adrian in the team, they 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 do look a, le- a lot um at the back. So then, segueing nicely from from us talking about DCL as a captain, I think we did briefly mention on the game week five preview pod that Jamie Vardy could have been a a, a nice potential captaincy option this time out, but he also seems to have a bit of a calf problem, um, and and Brendan Rogers says that they're sort of assessing him um ahead of ahead of Sunday you know I think Vardy owners if I was a Vardy owner I think I'd probably still start him but probably would now be put off captaining him because if he's not going to play um or you know if he's going to feature maybe off the bench or isn't going to be completely fully fit he's he's not going to not going to have the impact that, that 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 you might want from a captain pick I mean anything more to sort of add on add on him Andy? No, not particularly. I think, I think you've got it. There. Vardy, there was a couple of um, concerns about Vardy. I think either
1: the game week before the international break, or maybe the one before that. And, and again, and it, and he ended up playing, so he's had a couple of weeks rest off of, you know, not being involved in internationals anymore. So I think he he would be
0: more likely to be starting. I think, yeah. Let's move on then to to talk about Chelsea and uh, and, and and some of their players. And, and we did feature. Two of these in our players on the radar section, Christian Pulisic and Hakim Ziyech. We we kind of said that you know they're likely to be fit again. We want to see if they play, where they play, and how they play. Um, and Frank Lampard in his com- press conference today gave um, FPL managers something of of an Easter egg in in that he was fairly revealing about about three of his kind of primary uh, primary players that, that that are good FPL assets. So I'll read the full quote. Uh, ben Chilwell is in the squad. Christian Pulisic is in the squad and fit to play. Hakim Ziyech is in the squad, not fit to start, but fit to participate some minutes. We hope. I guess that implies to me that Pulisic is likely to start. Ziyech isn't, but is likely to make his debut off the bench and, and Chilwell, who obviously had a, a very weak, very good game week four, um, is, is likely to feature quite heavily as Chelsea don't really have any any other sort of senior left backs. Um, so, good news for FPL managers in the sense that Frank Lampard has been fairly clear. Yeah good, good news on lots of fronts like you say it's always great to have that clarity then it's good
1: when you get the clarity to know that a good asset like Pulisic sounds like he could well be heavily involved I mean I'm, I'm always um, a little bit hesitant to be 100% sure someone's going to start particularly when they are coming back from injury like that but it sounds like from those words he probably will start then that also means so you know even better for for people who own Chelsea assets, um, that it could be beneficial for Werner and Havertz. It could mean Havertz in the 10 and less pressure on him because Pulisic kind of is creative to the left of him. So give him a bit more space and time to do his thing. And then Werner through the middle might actually start sort of returning some points and, and showing his worth and his value. And obviously we highlighted in the preview pod that when he's been playing for Germany, he has been scoring goals. So, it doesn't suggest he's necessarily out of form. It's just more so we've been waiting for him to be played through um, the middle there. And again, another reason why that could be helpful for, for lots of people is if, because of some of that news um be it uh, de Bruyne or Jesus you're having to you're you're going to have to move someone out you can kind of maybe hold on Werner or Havertz if you were thinking you might be having to move them maybe it's a bit less of a risk now to hold one of them too and you can focus your efforts on moving out the city player or whoever it is you need to do so
0: yeah absolutely makes sense I, I guess you yeah, know just just perhaps me me having a bit of a muse about this but you know mentioning Chilwell in particular um, I think when uh, sorry when Werner was out wide on the left And he used to drift in quite a lot That gave Chilwell a lot of space And presumably if Pulisic ends up playing on the left That sort of maybe will limit uh, Chilwell Chilwell's sort of attacking prowess But having said that you know We know what how good an FPL asset he can be um, from, his, from, from his Leicester days So I guess we will wait and see And that's very much why uh, particularly Christian Pulisic was on our radar In our preview pod And um, Let's leave it there then. So we've discussed plenty on, on on this pod, crammed it into fifteen minutes. But Andy, have you got any kind of last minute advice based on uh, based on the injury news that, that that we've heard about today? Yeah, I guess all I'd say is just what number one. This probably
1: highlights what we've said on other pods when we've spoken about strategy, that it is, although it can be frustrating if you miss out on price rises or decreases or whatever, this is the upside to holding your transfers is that now you can make a bit more of an informed decision. So this is kind of generally why I like to prefer to to keep my transfer there. Um, And secondly as well, obviously we've only highlighted a few key premium players here. There's other players from other teams and other players in the teams we have mentioned actually that, that were spoken about by their managers in the press conferences today. So I'd say just make sure you've got as much information as you can and go go have a look um, at those press conference remarks on whatever sports or fantasy website you get your information from to make sure you know about the other players in your team to help you get make that most informed decision possible.
0: Perfect. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, we, we don't always want to be, discussing our self-fulfilling prophecies, but it does make me feel a little bit more uh, reassured that I've waited this long to to decide what I'm going to do ahead of Game Week 5, which as a reminder, the deadline is 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Um, Up until then, do interact with us on our social media channels, we are on Twitter and Instagram, at FPL underscore lounge, don't forget that pesky underscore. Um, On the last pod, Andy, I said until Tuesday, but I've ended up speaking to you again, but... Never mind. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, particularly about FPL. Um, And hopefully we won't have to do too many more of these emergency podcasts, but it's been fun all the same. But otherwise, until Tuesday. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.